Hey there, it's Carolyn. Before we start today's podcast, I wanted to tell you about a brand new challenge that we have starting over in the Homestead Kitchen membership really soon. This one is all about making your very own herbal oils and culinary oils and cosmetic oils and turning them into salves and balms for your herbal medicine cabinet. If you're interested in joining me for the Herbal Oils and Salves Challenge, then go to homesteadingfamily.com forward slash podcast dash herbal oils. Again, that's homesteadingfamily.com forward slash podcast dash herbal oils. Hey, you guys, this is Josh. And Carolyn. And Herbie back there <laughs> with Homesteading Family. And welcome to this week's episode of the Pantry Chat food for thought. Today we are going to be talking about soil. Soil, soil amendment particular, and this is in response to one of your questions, um, amending the soil mid-season. Ah, good one. So just kind of gardens and soil in general and thinking about mid-season as we're planting fall crops mm -hmm. and getting through <clears throat> through the year here. Excuse me. But first, <laughs> yeah, a little chit-chat. A little chit-chat. And we've got a guest with us back here, Herbie. Yeah. If you guys remember, <laughs> we just brought in uh, some new sheep, some Cotswolds. See if I can get out of the that way so you can see That is pretty exciting. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> and he's just hanging. He is, he's, a, he's our new uh, Cotswold Ram, mm -hmm. and he's really friendly. He is. He, he is actually hanging around waiting for a scratch. He likes getting pet. Yeah, he does. <laughs> so that's really nice. And out there with him, you can't see her right now, is the milk calf, the milk cow calf. Millie, who Millie. we just totally took off the cow because we weren't getting our cream. Yes. And we like to get the calf as far along as we can, so she's got a good start, but um, we also need to get some cream for butter in the fridge. So we needed to keep the ram away from the ewes, and we needed to keep the calf away from the cow, so the two misfits are keeping each other getting company. Getting their little area <laughs> out here, yep. Yeah, and they and seem to be getting along pretty well. They are, they're, they're matched up in size, and, and uh, they're working it out just fine yeah i'm really excited about the new ewes too that just they're very friendly or at least the main ewe is really friendly the two younger ewes are going to uh need a little bit of hands-on time I yeah guess. yeah but, yeah uh they're gonna be a really nice addition to the farm and definitely some beautiful wool on them so it's gonna be a lot of fun very very exciting does that mean some spinning mm -hmm. and uh, eventually some now uh, some of you guys asked me in the last uh, pantry chat where we were talking about uh, selling yarn. I do not spin yet. Some of you guys were asking me to teach you how to spin. I hope to do that. That's a skill I really hope to learn, but um, <laughs> not yet. I have other well, things. So many things you can do in a day. <laughs> yeah. So many people to feed. I have to make sure I know how to feed them all uh, first. And so I'm still developing some of those more advanced skills and then hopefully spinning comes along with that but we have a wonderful local fiber mill up here yep. and so we will be hopefully selling some yarn from the beautiful heritage cotswolds yeah we'll so. let you know when we can get that online yeah that's really fun that'd be cool so yeah good Sorry about that. <laughs> <It's all right. laughs> you don't want to play footsies? <clears throat> Not particularly. Out in the <laughs> barn with who knows what's on our feet. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, we're kind of in the chit chat. Yeah. Um, what's going on? How's your week? What's up with you? Well, okay, so we are seriously in the pickles. We, I feel like we're. You're having, in a pickle. I'm in a pickle. You I are am, in a pickle. I am in pickles and dairy. 
jars and jars and jars of pickles. <laughs> so we're doing all sorts of great uh, pickles. We talked about those last week, and they're still coming on. I think they will be for weeks. Um, but I was able to get my hands on some really great apricots this week. Mm. We don't have an apricot tree that's producing on the property yet. We will. I think we have a couple babies, don't we? We've got a couple babies in the yeah. nursery. It's going to be a few it'll, years. It'll be a little yeah. bit. But our local fruit stand buys in fruit, and they had a couple of really good boxes of seconds. And so I got a great deal on those. So we put up nice. about, well, we, I shouldn't say we, uh, Rachel put up about, I don't know, I think there were 24? about 20, yeah, 24, 24 pints of uh of apricot jam so that's yeah. really fun we'll appreciate that and then i've been filming of course i'm still working on the dairy class it's coming out soon hey you see the shirts you know what that um she's i'm, I'm like i said before i'm getting a lot of the benefits and, the, <laughs> and there's some trials here and this um strawberry kefir it was raspberry it was raspberry yeah, i thought I was it was raspberry and say. i thought somebody told me it was strawberry yeah so that's what i thought okay anyways this like super fermented, um, what did Emma say? It's a secondary ferment. <laughs> secondary oh, yeah, ferment. She, yeah, I don't know what she called it. She she thought it was pretty amazing. Yeah, it was very bubbly, very oh. lively uh, kefir. You know, when I originally heard kefir. the term, sh the champagne of milk, I thought, oh, who would want that, right? Yeah. When you take a sip, sip of this, think of like, like a fizzy milkshake almost. I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's a, it's a, flavor that's not normal but unlike a lot of fermented or cultured foods it's actually people who don't like cultured foods take a sip of this oh, and this they're was, like oh it was this zippy. is so good it was like you'd, you'd want it on a hot summer day oh, you could yeah. even have it over, over a little ice. ice it was really really good so Super this is good. this is just one of the cool things carolyn's putting in there this this and is kind of like one of the bonuses you got all the the yes. you know basics so and core topics and then there's fun stuff like this that's what i'm filming this week is the complete kefir uh, a workshop for you guys show you how to start from dehydrated grains all the way through to restarting your grains to keeping regular uh, kefir and then on to doing secondary ferments of kefir to make it really really good and flavored and like just amazing mm. and you want to talk about a way to get your um, gut back in order if you have digestive problems you have anything like that kefir is like a gold mine for that. It yep. is an amazing Sure cure. helped so, me a lot. Anyways, I'm having fun filming all these things and tasting them and you know, we don't necessarily keep all of these things in our house going all at the same time. So it's really fun to get the kefir going again. We haven't done it this year yet. We've kept it for years, um, but I'm all this for is it. Fun. It, it. It really helps my digestion when we're so getting that in regularly. Make sure you're on the wait list because that is a bonus inside the dairy class that goes live on September 1st. You won't get the offer for the dairy class unless you're on the wait list. So you can make sign sure. Sign up down below. Yeah. You want to be there because I'm just about to release all sorts of exclusive videos to the wait list. Um, so they'll be getting videos that mm -hmm. nobody else is going to see. So, uh, and there's going to be a free live dairy training on the wait list too. So cool. So anyways, fun. dairy is obviously all consuming yeah. right now. You guys are hearing <laughs> a lot about that. Um, and we're excited. Yeah. And you're in a pickle. You're into the pickles. I'm into Anything the jam. Anything else? What else is I'm in a pickle on? and a jam. <laughs> <laughs> that are. sounds like another t-shirt, right? <laughs> it does. I like it. <laughs> no, I think that that's keeping me pretty busy right now. So yeah. what about you? 
Oh gosh, well, um, what am I up to? A lot of just prep right now and maintenance, uh, working on the addition, and we just got in 30 cubic yards of wood shavings. Yes. We're moving those around a little bit. It is so hot and dry. Um, the animals are all up in the barn right now, hay fed, which means we've got a lot more maintenance up here to maintain the extra waste that's usually getting put out somewhere out yeah. and about on pasture or somewhere. And um, so taking care of that, composting, we've got that large, I think it's about 30 cubic yards of compost. Oh, yeah. And I'm turning that every other day right now to really get it going and get it finished by fall. And, there um, is something so exciting about producing all the compost you need on the property. Yeah. Like that, that is a form of self-sufficiency that is really exciting. Oh, I am. That is, it's, you know, we've bought for a lot of years because we couldn't produce enough. And you, and you really need to be able to produce good quality compost. Right. While you're learning or while you're getting up to production, it's, it's great to just purchase a quality compost if you can find it. Yeah. It's really exciting to be able to be making it on our scale mm -hmm. and using it across the farm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's doing that. I know. I know. There's other things I'm not really thinking of right well, you now. Went, you but got the sheep. Got yeah. And yeah, we got the cotswolds. You're working in. on the pigs. And that's right. Working on sourcing some pigs. I'm really exciting. I'm working directly with uh, the Breed Foundation, one of the registry, yes. the registry founder uh, in the United States for the Cooney Coonies. Yay! And very excited about that. So uh, we've gotten a few photos and a few options. We're working on picking a breeding pair. Mm. Cooney Cooney pigs. We're really excited about these. These are non-rooting. I like rooting yeah. pigs for a specific purpose in, in specific moments, but for overall on the farm, we've decided to go with a non-rooting pig that's a true pastured pig that will graze. Uh, we can give it fallen fruit. Yes. Um, and it's a great lard pig, which we're using more and more lard yeah. um, in supplement to butter for cooking mm -hmm. and just that's working well in our on our farm. And um, so, and I, I have a very, very good friend that's raised Coonies for like six years and I've watched them on his pasture and on his farm. And so um, we're real excited about this and this will probably be the fall when they get in. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I do wanna, I wanna expound just for a second since we're chit chatting <laughs> about the lard versus the butter. Mm -hmm. Lard is a lot easier to produce in a larger quantity than butter is. So I know when we go to the grocery store, we're kind of used to reaching for that butter instead of a lard, which is a good thing. You don't really want to use a store-bought lard. It's you know often hydrogenated and just really, really terrible yeah. for you. But, um, but you can produce large quantities of lard in a very short amount of time versus the butter. And in the kitchen, I have found that if people don't know that it's lard, the only thing that we have found in that the people- food, right? in, the in, food, in the food that you're making. The only thing that we've found that people can tell the difference of is like if we put toast out on the table that's meant to be buttered or larded on the table. Aside from that, we have put it in cookies, muffins, breads. Uh, we, I will fry people's toast in it in the kitchen so it's like pre-buttered so they don't have to butter it. Nobody knows that it's not butter. Isn't that amazing? So I was always like, oh, but it'll change the flavor. It does not. It is not that, it's not that different than butter. And you know what I like? When the butter is on the table, you're not 
guarding it. You're, you're not uh, quite as <laughs> hawkish, hawkish about it because when the butter's out, then it means we can use it. And we're not worried as That's much right. about conserving it because we've got plenty of lard for, for the other cookie mills. I am definitely the and, guardian and of the food stores. Personally, I love a little toast with my butter. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, if you're struggling, if you have a milk cow and you're struggling to keep enough butter so that you don't have to buy fat, you might consider augmenting that heavily with yeah. lard and leaving the butter for the places where you really specifically want butter. Absolutely. So, yeah. And check out the Cooney Cooney pigs if you're thinking about pastured pigs. Um, I'll try to get a link in down below to a good resource. Good. Okay, getting on to a couple of questions yes. of the day. Um, Steve Smith asks on how we increased our food production this year. Do you have anything that you wish you could grow but doesn't fit the northern climate? Yeah. I live on the Gulf Coast and it gets so hot and humid that it's a struggle to grow brassicas and root crops, <laughs> which obviously we do well of those. And yes, we, we feel for you because there's some things we love that are very difficult to grow. Okra. Yep, absolutely. I love okra and we have tried multiple times and we've gotten these funny little single stem stalks that are about this tall with one little okra on the top. <laughs> Doesn't work. I, that's a big contrast to the short amount of season we spent in Tennessee. Yes. And the first time we had grown a little okra before in moderate success when we were in Southern California. but. Uh, this okra grew like eight foot tall and they had to pick it every single day. We but were by so the flush full. <laughs> and okra. And it was wonderful. Though. Yeah, we loved yeah, it. Yeah, we loved it. So yeah, missed the okra. Melons too are tough. There yeah. are some melons and we're, we're experimenting with melons because there are some that people grow up here, but they're certainly not prolific. Well, and the challenge with the melons is that you finally get them ripe right when the weather goes cold. And you know, you kind of enjoy eating, I enjoy eating melons when it's hot yeah. out and you want yep. a nice cold melon. Um, and by the time even the short season melons are ripe, it's like, no, maybe, you know, maybe we want a cup of something hot rather than cold right. melon. So yeah, you got to really nurse them along. Maybe, yeah. event, maybe eventually in a large hoop house. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, with some other strategies, we can get a few things like yeah. that going. But it, it's just going to be tough up here. You got to work with what you have. Okay. Um, a preservation question here from Phil Wiles about uh, fermented ginger carrots. With the whey from a refrigerated natural yogurt purchased from a grocery store still be active? I think will the whey from refrigerated mm -hmm. natural yogurt purchased from a grocery store still be active? Yes, it will. Yeah, you can just use that good um, grocery store whey if you're wanting. Is this on? This is on a fermentation question. Mm -hmm. So if you're wanting to use that whey as a starter, that would be just fine. Um, and it should be nicely active for a about you really have 10 to 14 days where it's really like has a lot of oomph to it um, from production so obviously in the grocery store you you know have to take off a few days for it being delivered and yeah. sitting on the shelf but it will give those ferments a really really nice kickstart very very cool yeah and one more here from thorny shire and you've really got me curious about your place, Thornyshire. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that is a, that's a kind neat of? name. Yeah, I, I think. I don't know. I'm kind of curious what it's like where you're at. <laughs> um, but where did you get that hat? And I, we thank you referring to this hat. It's pretty dirty because I wear it all the time, but it is a homesteading family hat. And actually, some friends that we work with had that made. And we would be interested to know if you guys are interested in a homesteading family hat. Yes. We did just mm -hmm. put up T-shirts. If you look down the thread... 
Um, there are some homesteading family t-shirts. Check those out. Along with the getting cheesy shirt right. and the cultured shirt. And we've got a whole bunch of ideas for shirts that we think would be really cool. We need to know if you guys are interested. Hats, shirts, and you know, it also helps us out and helps us keep this channel going. We've been slow to, to get to this and to put these out there, yeah. but it's a way that you can help us keep producing these videos and keep them out there as well. So let us know, would you guys like a hat? And we'll see if we can get one up there with the t-shirts. Yeah. yeah, there you go, good. Cool, <laughs> all right, well on to the topic at hand today. Yes. And we are talking about gardens in garden soil and amending the garden. This is the time of year where we are um, thinking about fall, thinking about fall planting. Uh -huh. And even, you know, thinking about fall as far as prepping for next year. Yeah. It's not quite there yet, but it's time to be making all of those plans. You know, this last year, you really finally accomplished something that we've been trying to do for years. And that is that you got the garden beds entirely prepped in the the fall, the late fall, to be ready to plant in in the spring. Yeah. And that was a big deal for getting those early crops in because you could just go out and pretty much plant, you know, the peas and some of those early things, yep. um, you know, with minimal work. Maybe, yeah. Maybe well, a little I, bit I, of work. I, with but... the rod fork, I loosen the soil up because that's mm -hmm. going to be a little more advantageous after mm -hmm. the snow melts, not before. Right. But as far as getting the beds all prepped, cleaned up, amended yeah yeah we did that all in the fall and yeah. it, it really allowed us to extend our garden season a little bit more because it wasn't like oh well we got to wait until we get that thing done you know go get the go the beds prepped mm. before we can go plant those early crops it was just ready to go as soon as the soil was ready to go you know temperature wise and everything yeah. and so that that was a really big benefit so that's one of the to me i see one of the really good reasons to go ahead and think about your soil right now yep. so that you can get a jump on next year's as well as the fall planting. Particularly if you're working the way we are with the no-till system. Right. And so you're not going to be turning that up in the spring and amending then. We're just layering our amendment, which is primarily compost. We'll talk about that a little bit more um, across the top after we've cleaned the beds up from whatever we were growing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we <laughs> have several different questions that we're actually going to be answering okay. on this topic today. Right. Um, the first one is, between the summer and winter garden, does one need to add fertilizer to the soil to have a successful winter crop? Hey, good question. And, you know, do you need to um, is really going to be dependent. You know, it depends, it depends. As, <laughs> as I say a lot. And um, it depends on your conditions. And often it is going to be a good idea if you are growing a second crop. So over a previous crop in the same season. So you're going to grow a fall crop if you're blessed to be able to grow something through the winter hey that is awesome then yeah you are usually going to want to amend your soil because you're, you're growing two crops you're asking a lot out of the soil and so yes you're going to usually need to do that and the primary thing to do there is adding compost okay. a good quality compost mm -hmm. into your soil and um, you know if your soil is depleted if it's heavily sanded or clay uh, a lot of times you're you're going to be wanting adding an inch or even a little bit more 
Uh, a lot of people say a half inch per year. And if you've really built your soil up and you've been going at it for years and you've got a very rich soil that you've cultivated over time, you're going to be able to move to that half inch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're coming into what'll be our fourth season next year. And I'm going to be adding at least an inch compost in. Okay. And it, it really just doesn't harm anything at all. It only helps. Mm, very good. Yeah. Okay, good. Let's see, is compost all you put in your garden soil? Wow, that is a big discussion. Right now it is, and that is a big discussion within the organic, sustainable uh, movement of gardening. And some proponents say you should only need to add quality compost. And with that biology, it's going to unlock the minerals in the soil, and that should provide everything that you need. Okay. Okay, the other side of the argument is that uh, the the rock bases where all our minerals come from is different in different areas and therefore you're always going to be lacking you know you're gonna have some imbalance and so then a either targeted or a general amendment uh, is really the way to go yeah and I, I'm I, I fall in the middle okay I've been practicing and we have the last few years just doing the compost and developing good quality compost and adding that, and we are seeing improvements. Mm -hmm. We have also done the broad spectrum mineralization, which is not doing a soil test and really targeting specific minerals, but using a complete organic fertilizer and um, adding that in. And we've seen great benefits from that. And really the only way to know is to get into testing your vegetables for mineral contents, which is pretty scientific and expensive. Yeah. Um, so we haven't gone that That'd be that kind far. of fun so, to do, but... <laughs> so, yeah. you know, what I would advise is start with the best compost you can get, mm-hmm. okay? If you, can, if you are in a new garden situation and you're really depleted um, or you've got extra time and resources and you want to put together a complete organic fertilizer, which is a general amendment, which we've done and works great, then that is a great thing to add. And I may add that back in sometime because... From a health perspective, one of the things that we all deal with in, in this food supply that's so industrialized and is, is it's very low in mineral yeah. and, and, and vitamins and essentials. And so I don't see where it hurts to add in that broad spectrum mineralization. I think it's only going to help our health. Mm. Um, it's been very hard for us to do on our scale because making it's a bit, bit of work, sourcing it's a bit of work, and keeping up with that's just something as, as we've been getting settled into Riverbend here that I haven't been able to get into the flow. Yeah. So essentially you choose. It's that, that is a great thing that you can do. Works very well. If you just look up complete organic fertilizer, if you do a little research on Steve Solomon, um, he's got a uh, recipe that works fantastic. And you're not gonna, you're not gonna harm yourself by doing that. You're only gonna be adding in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. No, I'm gonna kind of put you on the spot a little okay. bit here. Um, because I've wondered, I've seen uh, in the Azure Standard Garden section, they do have a mineral supplement, supplement, <laughs> is that what you call it, when it's mm-hmm. for the soil, um, that you can buy in bulk that is supposed to have the broad, broad spectral minerals mm-hmm. like that. Are you, have you seen that? I don't know if I've ever even shown it to you. Are you aware of any products like that so that you don't have to go... Um, try to source all of the different meals and things that come in the the complete organic fertilizer, which can be challenging to source. So yeah, you know what? There's a there's a few things you can do. 
And I am aware of those. I've looked into some of them, and the ones that I've seen were a little vague in, in what they include. Okay. Um, and so, so you'd either have to dive in or test it. But again, that's better than nothing. Okay. You know, if you can do that. What I've seen is those are pretty expensive. So depending on the scale that you're gardening at, if it's a small area, that may be worth your while. But the more you get, that gets like, whoa, that, that's a big cost. And so we get into um, possibly wanting to make it. Yeah. Um, and that I know know a bit more about because Steve, Steve Solomon is the one that I'm familiar with that coined the term complete organic fertilizer and created this broad, broad spectrum mix. Um, that you can put together okay. and you know what it's got in it. Um, so in my opinion, that's the best way to go. But some other options that you can do that I've seen people do is kelp. Kelp is a wonderful broad spectrum mineralization. Now it's not gonna have some of your calcium and magnesium you know, at the levels that you want and your phosphates um, that a COF has. Okay. And, and that's where I'm not sure about some of these other things. If they yeah. have that, they might have the minerals, but, but when we're talking minerals, there's all your broad spectrum. And then, then there's your core, you know, your core ones, and your yeah. core elements. And some of those don't have that where, okay. where the COF does, you can build that into it. Interesting. Um, I know because of some conversations I've had with folks at Redmond Salt that they are working on something like this Ooh. that puts all of this together. Oh, and that's, that's not exciting. that's not out there yet, but I'm excited for that possibility just because it's going to make it easier for people to access it. Um, it. It's cheaper to make it yourself, but it can be difficult depending on where you live to source all the materials. So, so that that's where if you can use that and that's what you have access to, I always say, hey, you know, here's ideal but use what you got, use what you have access to. Yeah, so I'll put a link down in the description to that product just in case you guys wanna check it out, mm -hmm. in case you're just like, hey, I just wanna buy a bag of it and trial it, maybe in a small garden or something. Yeah. Um, we have not tried it though, just to be totally honest and clear and transparent here. We have not tried this product, but I have seen it and it might answer some of these yeah. issues. Yep, so. and the kelp again is a good one that's easy to get from right. Azure or a few different places and that's gonna, that's gonna up your mineral um, intake. Um, yeah, th that's, that's, that's a few of the thoughts Good. I have on that. Um, now, part of that question though, as far as when to, when to add those. Okay. Um, you know, you can definitely, you wanna add either add end of season, your amendment, your compost and the other amendment, you can add the beginning of season. Okay. Um, you can also add between crops, if you're growing multiple crops in a specific area, you can also water these in if you're having troubles throughout the season. Mm -hmm. And that's sometimes a great solution if your garden is struggling. Now, I know I've seen that with our garden years ago. We had a point where it started to struggle and you like side dressed it with the complete organic fertilizer. Mm -hmm. yep. And that made all the difference in the world. Yeah. The rooster wants to talk to you. He's back there. <laughs> um, so you can actually get your garden, like give it a, a vitamin boost, a mineral boost, boost, but yeah. it'd be like giving it some super supplements yep. in the middle if they're struggling. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Let's see this next question. So beside leaving the garden for a week to visit out-of-state friends during very hot temperatures and my watering person who promised to water while I was gone did oh, not no. do so. Oh, Ooh, I can see that that's coming. Not, that's not cool. Not good. And needing to read instructions more carefully in insect control, how can I simply revive my soil for a fall planting? I'm guessing that the summer crop kind of 
Yeah. We called that a wash, and we're ready to get ready for yep. fall planting instead. Well, clear everything that's there mm-hmm. if, you, if you've lost it. I mean, kind of guessing that the, the lack of water might have killed everything yeah. off. Uh, clear everything up. Don't worry about pulling all the roots out. Um, just, just clear everything down to the surface. Um, add your amendment. Make sure that you get a good deep water. So mm-hmm. if you got behind on the watering, the soil will dry out and sometimes you'll you'll put an inch down of water and it looks wet on the top and it doesn't get all the way through. So make sure you're digging down four, six inches and that that before you plant this next crop that you get a good watering all the way through the soil profile. Um, we're actually just discovered a problem with ourselves because it got so hot and it looked like we were watering real well and I was checking with my son and he's like yeah I dug down a couple inches and it's all moist and but the potatoes particular are struggling I was like they just really shouldn't be doing this this year and I dug down and five inches down it was completely dry oh yeah and we're watering even a little more than we normal would but it's gotten so hot and dry that um, it got dry way down there. So make sure you just catch that up. I'm particularly concerned for you since that watering didn't get watered. Your soil could have dried out to a deeper depth and it's gonna take a bit to Mm -hmm. to get it going. And then go ahead and plant your fall crop. Okay. Yeah. All right, that's good. And this is really the time to do that. You know, in most of the country, um, I've already seeded the kales and uh, Swiss chards yep, that I want for the fall. We've peas got, are coming. We're going to about to put peas in again. So um, check out that video too if you haven't seen it that we have of the 20 different things you can plant this time of year because that should give you some ideas on your fall garden. It's 21 because somebody just brought something to my attention. Okay. And uh, our friend- It's 21. Uh-huh. <laughs> 21 the, Well, the video okay. is 20. I'm adding one right now. Oh, okay. That we haven't done, but we're going to do because our friends at Haas Tools yes. just reached out to us. And and uh, I don't know if you're on their email list, but um, they put it out in an email and I actually reached out to them to talk to them about it because they were talking about planting summer squash, zucchinis for a fall crop. It's what I said. Okay, I want to know what this is about because <laughs> right. usually the zucchini start dying off. They've yeah. kind of played out. And they have some 40 to 50 day varieties. Mm-hmm. Most of them are yellow. Small yellow squashes. Small yellow squashes. And one of them's 40 days. And so I said, hey, can I get some of those seeds? I want to try this out. Oh, yeah. That'd to, be interesting. To add that in. So anyways, well, there there's another one that, that we've never thought of. I would have never even considered. Yeah. And um, I didn't realize there were such short day ones. So we're gonna try we're gonna try the zucchinis because they're so easy to grow. And so if you want to get a flush of produce in in the fall, this this could be another yeah. good option. There yeah. you go. Hey, you know, we're really speaking from our experience here up in North Idaho at, at this point right. and from high elevations in Southern California, which had a very similar growing yeah. season. Um, But if you're planting a fall garden this year, would you just help out the other people who are watching this video? Tell us what you're planting, when you're planting it, and maybe what zone or what really what area you're in or when you're expecting your first frost. That Mm -hmm. way other people can say, hey, I'm not in North Idaho. Rather, I'm in, you know, Arizona or somewhere. Absolutely. um, And get some ideas from you. So this is just a great place to share information with each other. So put it in the comments to help out somebody like that good idea yeah yeah Yeah. well hey you guys get your fall gardens going get your strategy going now for next spring if you're going to amend the garden now after that fall crop or during it 
And we hope you have a really good week. Yeah, don't forget to get on the dairy wait list if you haven't done it. And check out this video on the 20 things that you can plant this fall right now so that you can get your garden going for fall. All right. See you soon. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Pantry Chat, Food for Thought. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review. To view the show notes and any other resources mentioned on this episode, you can learn more at homesteadingfamily.com slash podcast. We'll see you soon. Goodbye.